डियर लिसनर्स साई राम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साइज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम यू कैन एंजॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम टूडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ थर्सडे लाइव ऑन जनवरी We are joined by me, Prem from Team Radio Sai, and with me is Arvind from Team Radio Sai, and we are here to take part in the afternoon satsang, and we welcome all of you. And before all else, before we introduce today's topic, let me, on behalf of all of you and my brother Arvind here, offer our most humble and loving salutations at Bhagwan's lotus feet. Sairam Prem, it's with mixed feelings, you know, that in the early hours of the morning at about 4:20, you know, an era came to an end. in puttaparthi an era which lasted about 50 years starting from 1962 it came to an end with the little satyagita shedding her mortal coil you know for some of our listeners who may be unaware satyagita was a little elephant that was brought to prashantinilayam after swami's dear sai geeta passed away in 2007 and in the same year 2007 satyagita came to parthi as a calf few years old and she has grown and she had you know mighty mighty shoes to fill <laughs> because the majestic and great sai geeta had left such a legacy behind and everybody in puttaparthi were excited that someone has come to fill in that role and at the brahma murtham hour you know swami says Every day is divided into a satvik time, a rajasik time, and a tamasik time. Eight hours, eight hours, eight hours each, and the time from morning four o'clock till morning eight o'clock, and from evening four o'clock to evening eight o'clock is considered as a satvik time, a holy time, and especially the morning time is considered like the Brahma Muhurtam. Mm-hmm. So at about four twenty a.m., which happens to be right in the Brahma Muhurtam, on the Ekadashi day, the eleventh day of the Uttarayanam. you know uttarayanam is a period in time which is considered as very holy a very sacred time when everybody must focus everything on god and that is why you know the festival of sankranti comes during this time and in the institute we see the sports meet where everybody is focusing on swami during this time in fact as we had discussed the legendary grand sire of the mahabharata bhishma he too decided to leave the earthly abode During this time, it's a good time Uttarana. to start anything because I remember even when we were students, a lot of things Swami would say that you know start after Uttarayanam. When Swami used to give jobs, Swami used to say, "Let Uttarayanam come." Exactly, you know, and therefore in our culture, death is not considered as an end; it is considered as a beginning of a journey because it is said that just as the person changes clothes, the soul changes bodies, and therefore. to start this journey of leaving the body and progressing ahead uttarayanam is considered as a holy time and it was on the ekadashi day in the uttarayanam that little krishna geet little satya geeta i mean you know there has been a confusion many times people refer to her as krishna geeta some as satya geeta found out that her name that swami gave to her is satya geeta mm-hmm. and that was the day satya geeta passed away and 
yes you know we were there it is definitely an end of an era of elephants in prashantinilyam 50 golden years of an elephant in prashantinilyam and you could even say that end of an era of swami's pets because mm. i don't think anymore we will have swami's pets we might have other animals coming and you know gracing the ashram but the era of swami fondling and fostering pets ended with satyagit because she was the last uh, of swami's pets who had that kind of a, a physical proximity with swami i remember prem she when she came she was hardly about 3 and 1/2 feet high very mischievous <laughs> very mischievous and uh, she arrived here on the 21st of july in 2007 and uh, it was so sweet swami went to visit she was in a massive shed actually because this shed originally belonged to sai geeta behind the planetarium and in that shed now there was a tiny resident and this little one she was tied with a small chain the chains that used to <laughs> bind sai geeta were huge this one was a very tiny chain and she was very frisky jumping around moving here and swami came and swami fed her with some fruits one interesting thing was just two days after that that was i think july 23rd mm-hmm. there is a ceremony called the annaprasa ceremony that is done in all indian families that is the first time a baby is given rice so in what could be considered as a kind of annaprasa ceremony swami came to visit little satyagita when he had come they had brought sweet pongal because mm-hmm. they felt you know annaprasa is the first time that a baby eats rice when swami saw that he said you know when it's a baby a human baby you feed rice elephant don't eat rice so swami performed the same ceremony by feeding her with some sugarcane uh, leaves and uh, leaves stem. and stem sugarcane you know sweet sugarcane with the leaves because sugarcane leaves was a favorite is a favorite of elephants and when he fed that to her you know swami's eyes became a little moist and he kept telling geeta 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 you know i was there photographing this incident or event or whatever you may call it and as i saw this i just felt how lucky must be geeta you know the no wonder that the little elephant was named satya geeta because it looked for me as if swami did not mind what you put as a prefix you know it has to be geeta because that was uh, swami's connection with satya geeta's predecessor sai geeta and i feel it would be very apt that we dedicate this satsang of ours to this great devotee of the lord who won the lord's heart who moved with the lord who lived with the lord who grew with the lord and who merged into the lord with whom the lord shared so much so much i feel that by sharing her stories we will get an insight into his stories as well and it will inspire us and fill us with love and devotion for him very true when i mean even as i was telling that no swami's pets it felt very weird because saigita was never swami's pet you know you could never put her in that image of being swami's pet hmm. because she was somebody who was leading us all in devotion you know she was standing out as an example for everybody and uh, you know even when you speak to some of the devotees who used to come from overseas or even from other parts of india they would in those days they used to feel that their pilgrimage to swami was not complete if they had not gone and visited saigita she was like a an epitome of devotion for all of us a model in fact you know she might not have been swami's pet as in the meaning of an animal pet 
but she was definitely swami's pet <laughs> you know ever since her arrival right now what is welling up within me is that poignant day the 22nd of may you know that was the day when sai geeta gave up her mortal coil and the way it happened you know they say uh, you can judge the way a person has lived exactly. his life by the way a person uh, ends dies his ends his life you know the death shows how the life has been if that statement has any meaning in it it is so profound to see the events that happened before during and after sai geeta shedding of the mortal coil they were simply phenomenal to start off with swami for the first time ever you know when he had taken his boys to kodai canal they say that prashant nilayam is bhagwan's office you know somewhere a devotee has stated like that that prashant nilayam is like bhagwan's office prindavan is like his home and kodai canal is like his playground so in every summer swami takes the boys there and usually it's like in our life also we go from office to home and home to playground and back back to home and then to office so swami also from prashantilyam would go to brindavan then go to kodai and then come back to brindavan and then come to parthi this was almost a set routine nobody even thought of any other way that this would happen actually one more reason why swami used to do that was the unbearable heat in puttaparthi correct you know swami would say that i was born here you know for mm. me this heat does not matter and swami would say the devotees are inconvenienced And in comparison, Bangalore, which is 800 meters above sea level, is very little, cool. You know, especially in summer months, it's much more pleasant than uh, at least about five to ten degrees. That is one of the reasons why Swami used to always make it a point to, you know, if not any other part of the year, the summer months he would be in Vrindavan. And summer, especially the months of May and June in Prashantinilam and Puttaparthi, are almost unbearable. They get very, very, very hot, and that is why it was surprising that in 2007. right in the middle of may in the peak of summer in kodaikanal swami stated that he would not be returning to brindavan but to prashantinilyam it was an amazing thing to start it, off with that nobody was, realized why that was yeah and preparations had actually already begun in uh, brindavan expecting swami back they had started uh, you know erecting all those pandals and all that yeah but suddenly change of plan swami said i'm coming back to parthi and you know that year was the year i got the chance to join radio sai okay. so i had just completed my education and swami had told me that on june 1st you can join radio sai mm-hmm. so this was when swami arrived here it was in the middle of may i think may 17th or 18th so i was very excited because just a fortnight and then i would be joining radio sai i would be beginning my so called you know in within courts career and i was in the airport and swami got down from the flight I was taking photographs. I did not know, you know, people told me that on the way back from the airport to the mandir, apparently Swami had stopped yeah, at Sai Gita Shet. Yeah, I, I even read that somewhere. No, Swami mm-hmm. seems stopped. Usually, the the thing would be Swami has also told it. You know, so many cars keep passing on that main road. Mm-hmm. The moment Swami's car comes, she would know it. Sai Gita. Sai Gita would know it that you know Swami's car is coming, and she would become restless and show typical signs of her. Ears would start flapping, <laughs> you know, violently, and she would sway up and down. And if she is unbound, she would come out and st- stand at the gate. But that day, she was kind of, uh, you know, mild, and she was kind of, she was not showing the typical excitement which was, uh, you know, her wont. And Swami also would either stop or you know, 
roll down the window and kind of there would be a little interaction there but that day Swami did stop near Saigita's shed and Saigita also was looking at Swami's direction almost like their eyes just locked for a few moments and Swami didn't even have a smile Swami just stared at her for a while mm-hmm. and the caretaker of Saigita Mr. Pedariti hope he will you know have uh, the opportunity to talk a little more about him as we go on he was saying that that there was something weird about that moment when Swami looked at her stared and Swami just moved on we were just speaking about uh, Swami stopping at Sai Gita's shed the shed that we are talking about here <laughs> is a very very special one was actually a mansion you know Swami had agreed for an indoor stadium to be constructed for the sake of the students that was exactly the area if you can say that was Sai Gita's empire <laughs> filled with trees and just one tall shed in which Sai Gita stayed that was the area that had been marked out for building the indoor stadium and so the trees were felled and as the trees were felled and the construction began one could see that Sai Gita was very very agitated mm-hmm. she felt that her world was crumbling around her and she became very restless she used to fret and fume and when this was brought to Swami's notice Swami was so you know so concerned about her he said it is natural that she feels like this so they wanted to construct a shed for Sai Gita another shed away from this you know mm-hmm. away from this construction site so that she doesn't see all this and get restless but Swami said no there was a reason why Swami had put Sai Gita's shed bang opposite to the boys hostel mm-hmm. it was because this is what becomes evident now that uh, Sai Gita had a great love for Swami's boys and only reason why she had that love was because <laughs> Swami had love <laughs> exactly and maybe more importantly I feel she was kept there as an example for all boys to see you know very true every time you go to the institute you may not see Swami because Swami is in the mandir but Sai Gita shed is bang opposite you cannot go anywhere else from the hostel without having <laughs> Sai Gita's darshan and if we hear the word Gita what comes to our mind is Lord Krishna's immortal message the message of Lord Krishna is Gita and maybe our dear Gita elephant was Sai's Gita you know a message for all the boys and so when this shed construction came up Swami said no 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 build it closer let her come closer don't build it far away let her come closer to me and at the same time let the shed be closer to the road because every time i go on the road she wants to have darshan and that is why a space near the planetarium was set within aside the compound. within the compound within of the, the planetarium planet. it was set aside a temporary shed was erected behind the yeah. planetarium and this was a magnificent mansion in fact <laughs> the architecture of the mansion was so beautiful the beautiful thing was you know the same mm-hmm. person who did the architecture the carvings and the uh, designs for Swami's Mandir hmm. he was called by Swami and asked to do that Sai Gita's I remember in fact some of the uh, foreigners who came they were under the assumption that here this big area is going to be an in, a stadium where boys will be playing games and just like we have a Shanti Vedika in the stadium for Swami to sit and view they thought this was a kind of Vedika exactly. that was being built for Swami to sit and view the games because the same person he had only done the Shanti Vedika he had done all these statues of course, you know, so many events happened in, in a span of one event. I remember that day when Swami had gone, mm-hmm. this particular uh, 
you know architect who had done the whole thing shilpi subramanyam shilpi subramanyam it seems swami had told him that you have done so much beautiful work for me that whenever i see all these buildings i'll think of you wow <laughs> in fact that legendary hanuman statue True. that they tell about the you know when the hanuman statue was being built on top of the hill the engineers were actually flummoxed they had no idea how to build a standing hanuman his arm was so heavy because it is because carrying, carrying the hill sanjeevani hill so they felt that his arm would collapse and the wind speeds True. at that height because it was a valley you know even when you were uh, talking about the aero sports and all that one of the challenges of doing that in the hillview stadium was the heavy currents which were there because it being a valley exactly so being a valley winds from all directions focus and flow into it true and so they had no idea how to make hanuman stand it was at that time that swami materialized a golden hanuman statue and on that statue the beautiful idea struck the engineers if you see the current hanuman statue also you will see that the top cloth that hanuman has used to wrap around his body that cloth falls from his left arm onto his left thigh thigh that is where the engineers got the idea that that can be made with solid concrete and be used that as a prop support. to support the arm that was such an elegant and brilliant idea and the hanuman statue that was how it came up this small gold statue which swami materialized to give the engineers an idea mm-hmm. is currently at the home of shilpi subramanyam oh okay coming back to saigita's like you know somebody who was so dear to him mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of construction somebody whom swami trusted and swami whose work swami loved a lot swami even though him to do even the even things. the slides that elephant slide in primary school and the other rhino slide in primary school all these have been designed by the same person same architect so swami kind of you know uh, commissioned this holy task to him and swami wanted him to do this thing and even when you look at it who would see an elephant shed like that i don't think even the the rajas of <laughs> You None of the royal had. stables would have had. I mean, there are grand chandeliers, chandeliers fans, fans, fans for her, so magnificent. At that time, Prem, little did we realize that this shed would be the final ever shed for Saigita, where she would rest not for a few years, but for decades and centuries to come. In fact, you know, Pedrady says that when Swami was planning this hmm. uh, thing, as you said, initially they had a plan of putting her. and you know, a shed behind the indoor stadium hmm. that was the initial plan and swami said no it should be near the main road and when swami was discussing the plan swami told pedrati we'll build a permanent residence for her aha and pedrati said yeah i had a hint that he thought maybe this is going to be her final home not that this is going to be her samadhi samadhi but then it did turn out to be her permanent home i do not no exactly the sequence of events that led to her physical passing but this much i know prem that the day she passed away i don't think ever it has happened in the history that swami attends a funeral even before attending the funeral swami came to have a look at the body it was such a moving sight i went there i followed there because I knew this was a historic occasion it has to be photographed it has to be documented so that posterity will see what this devotee meant for swami swami got down from the car he had packets of vibhuti that had he had carried along with him from yajur mandir and as soon as he got down from the car he began to open the packets one by one and began to pour it onto geeta's 
the you know the lifeless body of geeta was there in her bathing pit and on it swami began to pour vibhuti and he asked for a wheelchair to be taken front he bent down and so lovingly you know i get tears in my eyes even as i imagine that scenario that picture pictureize that that day swami bent and with his own hands gently caressed geeta's trunk with vibhuti and swami you know we have heard of devotees chanting the lord's name to get redemption but here you know swami was saying geeta 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 oh it was such a moving sight and then immediately pedaredi whom we spoke about geeta's caretaker and maybe the next best friend after swami for her he came and the next sight is unforgettable it was so powerful it is so powerful that i simply could not even take a picture of that i was so lost i just forgot that even i had a camera i didn't even take a picture of that scene that moment pedaredi came running to swami he said swami swami and he began to cry and swami looked at him ready and swami also began to cry both of them are holding their hands it was you know when an elder in the family maybe a mother or a father passes away the siblings the brothers they hug each other no words are exchanged because each of them know what the person meant and they just you know this is what was happening there swami and petaridi holding each other's hand and sai geeta lying there and swami also shed tears petaridi shed tears talking about swami sharing tears i reminded arvind just mm. few days later maybe we'll mention it later mm. when swami came to the auditorium and addressed the students swami started speaking about this event of sai geeta's passing away and again swami broke down Correct. you know and and swami told these very profound words swami said this is not grief i have no grief hmm this is not attachment correct swami said this is vatsalyam vatsalyam is what a mother has mother for a child feels for a child he said the same feeling that a mother feels when that newborn child is brought to her seeing that purity and seeing that dependence of the child on the mother the mother the emotion that wells up in the mother that is the feeling which is choking me now when i think of geeta and at that time you know you get a glimpse of the kind of wisdom or the kind of a realized soul a great soul that sai geeta was because swami said in that discourse i remember he said geeta told me how can i stay without you swami i will leave before you swami dropped a hint even then you know we never knew who would have thought at that time that it would be another just another 4 years after which swami too would shed his body none of us had even the slightest idea even the slightest hint but swami mentioned in that discourse that geeta told me that i do not want to stay when you are not there so in fact uh, the translator at that time professor anil kumar sir he looked at swami in a shock he asked swami swami do you want me to translate this swami did not say anything and he did not translate it also but those words in telugu are there and swami had indicated and that was something that geeta recognized and you know one more sign of a great soul is swami has also mentioned it that they know of the impending uh, death which is coming hmm. invariably even some of the great devotees of swami have always foretold that this is going to happen and swami in that discourse actually said the day before she had told petaredi that i'm leaving tomorrow you know you speak to petaredi <laughs> he tells he speaks as if sai geeta was another human being you know he tells sai geeta told me this i told sai geeta this 
I have not yet come to know of many of the revelations. But when he speaks thus, you wonder. He speaks normally. If suppose I tell, you know, today I went to studio and I was talking to Prem. Prem told me an amazing thing. Whether it is speaks of Sai Gita that way. He says, and Sai Gita told me that, you know, Swami will be coming. I, I wonder how Sai Gita spoke. But and in fact, that was the thing, you know, just the day before Swami gave this discourse, mm-hmm. Pitharati was telling this very same thing that uh, Sai Gita told me that she's leaving. Oh. And that time, as, as you were saying, you know, it was a kind of a weird thing for people like us to accept. And Swami actually said it in his discourse. Swami said, yes, she did tell Pitharati that she's leaving. I think it's, it's something which only Swami... Sai Gita and Pedrati would understand. And we can just marvel at it. In the Treta Yuga, there is the story that is spoken about, you know, this beautiful relationship that exists between a lord and an animal devotee. Uh, it is because oftentimes devotees, we all try to battle our animal instincts to reach the lord. And here are some few blessed animals that have got divine instincts in them. I mean, you look at the life of Jatayu, the eagle bird. They say the bird was very blessed because Lord Rama performed the funeral rites of this bird that gave up his life for the sake of Rama. And that was a privilege that even Lord Rama's own father, earthly father, Dasharatha did not enjoy. His pyre was not lit by Rama. But here was Jatayu's pyre that was lit by Rama. You know, Prem, I get goosebumps even as I think of this. Just imagine Swami's own physical parents did not have Swami physically there during the funeral. But Sai Gita, the only funeral that Swami ever attended in his earthly sojourn was the funeral of Sai Gita. And on that day, the bulldozers came, those cranes cranes came, I mean, to lift because that was the only way you could lift Sai Gita's body and place it in the Samadhi, when they were lifting, it took almost one to one and a half hours for the whole process of Sai Gita's body being picked up and put into the Samadhi. Swami was there in the hot sun, just sitting and watching. And he was there throughout the proceedings. Sacks full of salt and then vibhuti after that were poured. And Swami, all the gold, the finery, the jewelry, the cloth... All the way the elephant is caprisoned. You know, she was, again, Pedrati describes when Swami was told, Swami called him to the mandir and Swami gave him clear instructions what are the things which have to be laid with her. Swami Mm. chose the jewelry which has to go, chose the kind of things which has to go, some of the food which has to be cooked, you know, kept along with her. Swami literally chose every one of those things which had to go. Actually, if you just see the flow of events, it seems that around sometime in the evening, she mm. passed away. Evening which, of the previous, the previous day, 22nd. The 22nd. And uh, by the time they could, they were trying to revive her. And finally, when the doctors declared that, yes, she had left her body. And Swami was informed, it must be quite late in the evening. And mm. the first thing Swami did was, Swami sent word to the cooks to make, you know, sweet rice for her. Paisam. for her. Mm. And, you know, here is Petrady waiting to receive instructions as to what to do. And from the canteen comes a vessel of paisam saying that Swami asked, asked you to feed this to her. To the dead elephant? To the dead elephant. Huh. And he was wondering what, what he was supposed to do but at, uh, Swami's instructions had to be followed. So he rolled it into a ball just like how Swami used to feed Sai Gita in, in the earlier years. He rolled it into a ball and just lifted the elephant's mouth and dropped it there. 
and he said that you know the next day it should have fallen out or it should remain there but when he went and opened the mouth the next morning it was not there mm. so apparently she had eaten it and another thing you know even in that discourse swami mentions swami said that when i went in the morning she opened her eyes and saw me mm. and petrady actually describes what happens that you know when swami came swami calls him and swami says open her eyes and he was surprised because you know by the time swami came it was a good 14 15 hours after she had died and typically elephants even their trunks become solid then you know stiff stiff yeah he won't be able to move but he was able to open her eyelids and swami looked at her eyes and swami said she was seeing me and mm-hmm. i mean isn't it so similar to that uh, episode of swami coming to visit subama subama hmm and i mean if not for saigita for whom would swami do this i really wonder because even subama swami brought back to life and after that when she passed away swami sent blessings but swami never attended a funeral that is what is the point that strikes me so poignantly and here swami not only did swami attend the funeral prem you know it was so wonderful beautiful and amazing that swami even came for the 11th day ceremony according to the indian tradition and custom when somebody passes away there are different stipulated ceremonies and uh, functions practices that are done on different days so there is the 11th day ceremony there is the 13th day ceremony according to different customs different days are selected and chosen because they say that the soul is at different stages of going and it is finally after all these ceremonies are done that the soul finally leaves with satisfaction swami attended the 11th day ceremony for sai gita <laughs> he was there in that same samadhi by then you know people had forgotten as such about sai gita because 10 days had passed and yes june had begun the new academic year was beginning and students were flowing in and all that was happening so amidst all that swami one day just drove out people thought it was a drive because swami used to drive out very frequently those days he would go up to the hospital and come back or whatever you know go around the city and grant darshan to so many people in the fields in the shops but that day swami drove straight to sai gita's enclosure in the planetarium and he visited the samadhi i had not heard of swami visiting any other samadhi other than his parent samadhi till then so it was so beautiful a tribute to this great devotee just can't put in words what a relation that was and you know 50 years of jani with swami and the very few devotees who have actually remained in swami's heart in the same constant relationship i would in fact i know, feel uh, satya geeta i feel he was lucky because she came after sai geeta and that whole love of swami for sai geeta rubbed on to satya geeta too really, i mean I, i stand corrected swami's love for his devotees never changes you know it it is just that when put through different tests and tribulations how we we don't come measure up to swami's expectations and we on our own fall out mm. swami's love for his devotees is always constant but if there was one whose love for swami remain constant i mean as we will describe later her residence was shifted she was you know she must have spent months without swami's presence mm. and she was not like the other devotees who could come and sit for darshan unless swami chose to give darshan she would never get darshan but her love for swami was always constant and that is why she stands as an inspiration to all of us today so maybe before we move on with this discussion i would like to play that song which singer sumit tapu sang and this was quite after 
Sai Gita is passing away. And I still remember when he sang that song, again Swami became emotional thinking of Sai Gita. I think not only Swami, all of us were moved to tears when he sang that song. Before we move on in this discussion, let's listen to that song. Sai Gita Bhakti Swarupa साई गीता है प्रेम स्वरूप भक्ति की जीवन भर जिसने साई की शक्ति से चली गई सृष्टि से साईं गीता है भक्ति स्वरूप साईं गीता है बचपन बीता साईं के संग साईं के संग माँ बेटी सा रिश्ताओं का रहती नहीं खोज ही लेती वो साईं को नहीं नहीं चली गई सृष्टि से साईंगीता है भक्ति स्वरूपा साईंगीता है प्रेम स्वरूपा शबरी जैसा भक्ति भाव था हनुमान सी ब्रह्मचारी शबरी जैसा भक्ति भाव था हनुमान सी ब्रह्मचारी प्रेम की अंतर ज्योति में ज्ञानवान वो आगकार साईं के हाथों से विभूति हाई सदा तृप्ति से चली गई सृष्टि से चली गई सृष्टि से साईंगीता है भक्ति स्वरूपा साईंगीता है साईं 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 दवा थे उनकी प्रेरणार आदर्श बनी वो साईं के भक्तों की हृदय बसी वो सत्य साईं के 
अपनी इस मुक्ति से हृदय बसी वो सत्य साई के अपनी इस मुक्ति से चली गई सृष्टि से चली गई सृष्टि से साई गीता है भक्त स्वरूपा साई गीता है प्रेम स्वरूपा भक्ति की जीवन भर जिसने साई की शक्ति से Indeed, beautiful lyrics there, Arvind. Brahmachari like Hanuman and a devotee like Shabri. Hearing to the lyrics, Prem, I was just thinking that it is as if whatever we plan to speak today, Brother Sumit Tapu has summarized it in his single song, because it was such an apt and perfect description of Sai Gita. Ever since she came to Swami, early in 1962. Exactly, and she was just a few months old, baby, and. The old devotees describe how she was literally a bundle of joy for Swami. You know, just two and a half, three feet tall, mm-hmm. and it so happened. In fact, Swami himself has described how Sai Gita came to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems once when Swami was driving past the Mudumalai forest mm-hmm. on his way to Bangalore, that is when he came across this little cub. Mm-hmm. And they have this uh, kidda operation. Correct, where they trap elephants. Trap uh-huh. elephants. and they dig a huge pit cover it with leaves and they go into the forest beating drums kind of uh, making these elephant herds go in a particular direction where this pit is built and trap them so that is how uh, they were trapping these elephants when this little cub lost her mother she somehow escaped this operation and so she was like kind of you know uh, taken away from the group and uh, when swami found that this little child was a motherless cub Swami readily kind of you know took her to Brindavan, and Swami used to say Swami was telling in the discourse how Swami used to dip his fingers in honey hmm. and put it in this little baby's mouth. <laughs> Literally, like feeding a little baby, and she became Swami's little baby. You know, and Swami uh, said that, that is how I took her place of a mother. That is how she forgot you know the grief of losing her mother. And what a mother she gained and in return. And became a mother. No, how lucky was Sai Gita to gain the universal mother as her mother? She would follow Swami everywhere. In fact, devotees say that Swami used to give a one-hour interview daily Very to true, Sai Gita, no? and of, Swami uh, Swami would take Sai Gita into the interview room. Exactly, you know, some of these old students who were there at that time they used to tell Swami to come catch her trunk and put it under his arm. <laughs> okay, like you know how you take a small kid. Huh. And Swami used to walk into the interview room, and she used to obediently follow. And for one hour, I don't know what Swami would would speak to her, what she would speak to Swami, but this would go on, went on for so many years till she outgrew the interview room door. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, till then, her room was right next to Swami's bedroom. Right, that was where she used to stay. But once she grew bigger, you know the current Kulvant Hall. Towards the end of it, we have this Rama, Lakshmana, Sita statue. Exactly. That was the spot where Swami said to make a residence for her because he wanted her very close to because him. Earlier, her residence was just a tree which was beside where you have this uh, the ladies' side entrance gate. Correct. There used to be a tree, and she used she used to be tied up there from a place where she could just look up and 
literally every time yeah the first few years it was like that she used to be there and whenever she was hungry she just used to look up at swami's window and you know give out a small cry and swami would come down and swami would send her food in weirdly swami would come down himself to feed her and then after that of course for her more important than the food was to feed on swami's beautiful form it was that feast for the eyes that she longed for and it became evident when the engineer who was given charge of constructing this residence this shed for saigita he constructed it exactly at the spot where swami had told him but he made one small error the shed was facing the east mm-hmm. while you know the mandir is in the southern east to the south of the shed so because it was facing east there was a wall in the southern direction and sai geeta could not have a look at her beloved swami whenever she wished you know what she did she just tore down this tin and concrete structure in no time and people were so worried as to what happened i mean an elephant doing this is not a good sign swami said she did this because she didn't have my darshan let her have my darshan she'll be fine and a new shed was built exactly at the same spot facing the south so that any time sai geeta saw she could see the mandir and swami and sai geeta was back <laughs> as peaceful as ever and you know some of the early descriptions of her mrs geeta mohan ram she used to describe of her early days in the early 60s when they used to come hmm. she would be up in the morning early in the morning and they would take her for a bath and the first thing she would do is come and do pradakshinas to the mandir Pradakshina is going around going the around, circumambulating uh-huh. the, you know the shrine and all these children and Sai Gita used to go around the mandir she used to bow down in front of the Ganesha which was there in front of the circle and she would wait there for Swami to come down <laughs> she must have felt some kinship with Ganesha no <laughs> just like just like we identify with human like gods she would have found an elephant like god for her <laughs> definitely I think it's there for all of us you know the moment you see an elephant you kind of remember Ganesha <laughs> So you know after that circumambulation she would stand waiting at the entrance of mandir with a garland so the first thing swami comes out she used to offer the garland and take swami's pad namaskar hmm she continued to stay in that shed where it was built near the current day rama lakshmana sita statue till almost 1975 i think okay yeah that- exactly when swami's 50th birthday celebrations during began. the 50th birthday celebrations there were such huge crowds for swami's darshan that sai geeta's shed had to be moved elsewhere you know that was the year when swami gave darshan in the helicopter true I so think swami's concern would have been equally for the devotees and for sai geeta and for sai geeta <laughs> swami's concern is always samasta loka sukhino bhavantu you know, for Because the whole you know, world she swami would have felt that the crowd would disturb her as much as you know her because, presence would take away so much of the crowd because whether place. we are sadhakas or not prem i'm convinced that she was a great sadhaka a spiritual aspirant who came here only for swami you mentioned geeta mohan ram i remember she narrating an episode where she said that when swami had to visit her home in bangalore sai geeta as you said would always be with swami in fact when swami used to go to brindavan sai geeta would walk up true with <laughs> breaks in between so that she could stay with swami in brindavan and even in brindavan she used to have a residence just beside swami's bungalow bungalow <laughs> and so when swami was leaving for dr padmanabhan's house Geeta came and you know she just did not want to allow she would miss Swami because Swami would be going for two days and she would know people would not know for how many days for how long where is Swami going but Sai Geeta apparently would know because if Swami was going to go for inauguration or for one evening and be back she would not be like this but if Swami was leaving out for two days or three days she would come block the car and you know create a scene in fact 
how on earth would she come to know that Swami is going for a longer period or was not going for a long period? Absolutely no idea. I mean, that is the divine connection. And so Geetha Mohan Ram, she narrates, she says that when Swami was feeding fruits to Geetha, she would just not take them. Mm-hmm. It was like when a I know child... I trying to pacify me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when a child is crying... The mother goes and brings a rattle and starts making some sound. The child is fascinated. She gives the rattle and walks off. The child plays with the rattle for some time. Suddenly realizes, hey, this was not what I was crying for. (laughs) Throws the rattle away and again starts wailing. Two, three times the mother tries, but when everything else fails, finally she goes, picks up the baby and puts it to her bosom. And Sai Gita was such an advanced baby in that. (laughs) She would never be satisfied with rattles and toys. She wanted Swami. And in fact, on that occasion, Swami said... See, she does not want the fruits that I give because she wants me. This is such an important lesson for all of us because on many occasions Swami has told the students, why do you aspire and go behind the creation when you have the creator? And here was Sai Gita showing the right priorities. And so Sai Gita, as I got into this very, very correct side story, but Sai Gita had to be moved. So at that time, currently where the Subramanya temple is there, you know, next to the Ganesha temple, right. somewhere towards that end, mm-hmm. that is towards the, not not that end, the bank opposite, the other end of the ashram. Okay. That is where the current stores building is somewhere. Okay. Somewhere over there. That is the Shed southwest corners. corner. Mm-hmm. The southwest corner of the ashram, a shed was built for Sai Gita. Mm-hmm. And then Swami noticed that she may get lonely there. And within a year, that is, Swami got the Satisai Gokulam built. I think it was about 1976 or something. Mm-hmm. That was when Swami said, move Sai Gita along with the other cows there. Mm-hmm. And so she found residence in the Gokulam. She was another cow, you know, a huge, <laughs> big cow. And with all other little cows, so little compared to her, she got her residence in Gokulam. The distance never brought about any separation from Swami because... When Swami says, don't try to be near to Swami, try to be dear to Swami, that is what she had pined, aspired and got. You know where the current primary school is and you know where the Gokulam is. Yes. There's almost nearly 400 meters to half a kilometer distance between them. And Sai Gita was living in the Gokulam. Swami visited the primary school on one occasion. Pedaridi Garu recollected this episode Mm -hmm. in 1976 or 77. Swami visited the primary school and in the Gokulam, Sai Gita became very restless. She just started walking. There was one small enclosure that had been made for the cows mm-hmm. and Sai Gita as well. She crossed over the enclosure, walked across the boulders, the thorny plants that were there. There was also one small pond-like thing with water in it. She crossed it. Nobody knew what happened. They thought Sai Gita is running. Where? They had no idea. And that time there was no stadium. It was a two-level ground which was not leveled actually. Though it was at two levels, it was not properly leveled and there were a lot of boulders, rocks and all that. Okay. She crossed everything and straight went to primary school. Mm-hmm. And it was by following Sai Gita that they came to know that, oh my God, Swami has come. <laughs> and once she reached primary school, the transformation was instantaneous. No more restlessness. She just sat, comfortable and rested in the presence of Swami. That has been her... Love for Swami. Exactly. Even when you were talking about 
her ability to sense Swami's movements. Mm. There's another incident. One of the students was narrating that mm. one Swami was driving by, mm. and just opposite the hostel, the boys also came out to have Swami's darshan even as he was driving by. Mm. And Sai Gita came out, and uh, apparently she was a little agitated. You know, she mm. was not excited as she would be when she had the opportunity to see. Swami. You could make out, you know, if she is agitated, she would be flapping her ears mm. very rapidly. So she came by, and. The general practice would be Swami would stop and roll down his window. She would put a trunk inside. And the first thing she would smell Swami's hair. Then she would reach for Swami's feet, even when Swami is sitting in the car. But that she day, had a long trunk. <laughs> yeah, you know, an advantage which <laughs> one more thing which she had and we didn't have. Mm. But that day she didn't come and you know uh, knock at Swami's window. She came and put her trunk heavily on the bonnet, on the hood of the car. Yeah, on the bonnet in front of the the car, okay? mm. and she just put it there. literally saying that i want the car to stop okay, okay and the car stopped and swami pulled on the window but she was again and again banging the front of the car so it swami was forced to come out of the car and, and immediately and then the boys surrounded swami and naturally it's okay. opposite to the boys hostel and uh, swami was it you was know, so endearingly talking to her and swami was telling no no leave me geeta leave me leave me don't worry i'll come i'll come and all kinds of things people are wondering what's happening it appeared like swami relented to whatever she was asking of swami and swami convinced her to go back to her shed and then after that swami turned back and some one of the boys handed swami a handkerchief swami was wiping his hand and then swami looked at the boys and said you know what sagita was doing this for swami said i was going to brindavan today and all the boys were shocked because none of them had the you know the least of the clue that swami is actually leaving for brindavan swami said i thought i'll slip away and go to brindavan she realized that i'm going to brindavan so she came to stop and protest see this is what i was saying in brindavan also when he was going to dr padmanabhan's home it was going to be for two days geeta came and created a scene <laughs> if it was just a drive so many times when i was a student i have seen swami going for a drive and geeta is calm sometimes even not out of the gate she standing behind the gate and having darshan but somehow when as you mentioned just now when if it is for a longer time and swami is trying to slip away <laughs> she catches you know speaking about swami trying to slip away i am reminded of another episode that happened once geeta was shifted mm-hmm. to her let me say one of her favorite sheds maybe that is bang opposite to the boys hostel okay that happened in the ni- late 1970s mm-hmm. when the gokulam was growing the number of cows increased and swami felt that geeta needs her privacy even from the cows now you know <laughs> not only devotees disturbing the cows also are disturbing so a new shed had to come up and that was when swami decided to build it right opposite to the boys hostel basically swami said keeper opposite the boys hostel correct so she'll see the students also and i think as uh, we felt more important that the students <laughs> see her and learn from her exactly so that was where she was shifted and once she was shifted there you know it was uh, she must have been in her late teenage years people around swami began to tell that swami she has now become an adult elephant it's time that she goes and rears a family of her own so otherwise it is not like a human decision you know animals are built that way they are built it's a, it's a biological need and and it is built in of that you might see some violent behavior in the later years different behaviors and odd behaviors since animals do not have this important quality of discrimination i cannot say the same about saigita but generally animals don't have discrimination and therefore they cannot make decisions like this of uh, choosing to be a brahmachari choosing to be a brahmachari <laughs> you know so swami agreed and 
that was how they decided to take sai geeta to the madhumalai forest i agreed very reluctantly you know initially some shot down the idea but the you know the doctors who, who felt they knew better and they were actually giving her the right advice mm. finally swami said okay if that's what you decide they might have advised swami <laughs> to not get so attached and let go you know anyway sai geeta took 13 forest, days right. 13 days to reach mudumalai forest she walked all the way there and along with her were two others mr vasant and there was one more person two caretakers satyanarayana mr satyanarayana and mr vasant they accompanied sai geeta and it was their duty to ensure that sai geeta gets along the family way and they say that for 3 months they tried their best sai geeta would just not go to any other elephant she would stick by herself and they also tried some other <laughs> techniques you know of getting some baby elephants some calves and pushing them near sai geeta so that they would ignite the motherly instinct in her and all that they said that as long as they were there sai geeta would be fine and allow those calves and cubs to move around her play around her the minute they would turn their back she would shoo them away and be back in her own world you know this went on and they came to know that sai geeta was desperate for her lord she was already wedded in that sense she was wedded every time she had the opportunity she would take the road back that's what because one morning they discovered sai geeta was missing and they saw that she was 7 kilometers away mm-hmm. she had dragged those heavy chains and walked away in the direction of prashantinilayam she wanted to get back to swami and this happened two three times after which one day they suddenly came to know that swami on a surprise visit had come to madhumalai i am not surprised at this visit you know <laughs> if a devotee misses the lord so much the lord also misses the devotee equally that is what swami says i am also in search of a devotee just as a devotee is in search of the lord but when swami came to the madhumalai forest he was on the other bank of the river and when sai geeta came to know of it caretakers they were speaking about swami in sai geeta's presence when it came to swami and matters about swami sai geeta would understand human language would understand human body language everything she just rushed and they were worried because this river was flowing and but sai geeta just crossed the river on her own went straight to swami swami too opened the back of the car and there were fruits and sweets swami was giving it to her he fed her he patted her he petted her and then swami got into the car he advised the two caretakers that you know try your best all the best <laughs> for some more time i am leaving for prashanti now immediately the minute swami's car drove away the caretaker say that sai geeta became kind of violent she spat out all the fruits that she had eaten she regurgitated it threw them out it showed that it was not the fruits and sweets that she was after because they were given by swami it was and now if they are trying to use that as a distraction to keep her away from her swami she wanted to have none of it so after 3 months when they had exhausted all their ideas and they gave up they just got back sai geeta to prashanthanilayam <laughs> and after they got her back came another shall i say funny incident you know mm-hmm. the doctors who examined sai geeta they tested her urine and then they said sai geeta is pregnant <laughs> sai geeta is pregnant sai geeta is pregnant that was the news that spread like wildfire but the caretakers oh. was you know swearing correct the caretakers swore that it cannot be possible <laughs> because sai geeta was under their watch throughout so this happened and 
Swami also was told, you know, that Sai Gita is pregnant. And apparently, Swami <laughs> showed great joy. He even told Kasturi, his biographer, you know, on one or two occasions, he said, see the bulge there, there's a baby in, <laughs> in Sai Gita. And this was the news. The whole town actually, you know, rejoiced because they were thinking that their beloved Gita will be now giving them a calf. When the time of delivery came, nothing happened. Day hours turned into days, days turned into weeks and there was no sign of any elephant calf. The same doctors who had pronounced that she was pregnant came and now said that no, it was a mistake, <laughs> she is not pregnant. And this time, you know, like striking the iron when it is hot, Swami made a statement. Swami said, she is a Shuddha Brahmacharini. She is an absolute celibate. She will never even allow any other elephant to come near her. Her life is for Swami and Swami alone. Wow, to get that from the Lord. What a blessing. And it speaks volumes about Sai Gita. Same thing, even in that final discourse which Swami gave the students, this was the very thing which Swami said. Hmm. Swami said, she has come for me and she has come only for me. Hmm. And throughout her life, every time, towards the end, you know, Uh, When I say towards the end, it's about after 2005-2006, after Swami had had the fall, you know, there were these police jeeps that would accompany Swami. The siren. Whenever Swami used to go for a run, there used to be a siren. and Because of the siren, that siren would be the way that we would find out that Swami is going and we would come rushing out of the hostel. But before that, Swami used to drive alone in the car. And that time, if I may be allowed to use that term, It used to be the trunk call that would (laughs) notify us about Swami because we would hear Gita's trumpeting and we see Sai Gita on the road and then we realize, oh my God, Swami is coming. (laughs) Swami is coming. How she would get to know that Swami is coming, how she would know the movements of her Lord shows that she might have been physically distant, but she was always very, very, very dear. She was the dear, dear daughter of Mother Sai. You know, you're talking at least... There's some kind of moment when Swami comes out. There's another uh, incident which some of the old students narrate. Mm. Swami was invited to the hostel to inaugurate a garden. Okay. The rock garden which was made in the quadrangle of the hostel. Oh I my God. <coughs> what all things has Swami inaugurated, right? <laughs> really? I mean, there was... <laughs> Water taps, rock gardens. Bridge, yeah, there was a bridge which was built. Imagine people build bridges across seas. Huh. Okay, and here the boys dug a small pit, made a pond out of it, okay. built a bridge over it, and Swami came to inaugurate that bridge, walked <laughs> over that bridge. I mean, really, what all Swami has done? And it was one of those Janmashtami days, mm-hmm. you know, when Swami was invited to inaugurate this rock garden and this little flower bed. And Swami said, Yeah, after the program is over, I'll come. So Swami came and, you know, Swami uh, cut the ribbon and inaugurated the garden, spent some time there. And then Swami moved out. And Swami came out. To the entrance of the hostel and Swami very very softly and tenderly said Gita Gita and you know the boys around Swami said even the boys in the third or fourth row wouldn't have heard Swami hmm. that was how soft Swami's call was and from nowhere you know Sai Gita came out of her enclosure and came towards Swami oh my god just a whisper you know Swami called her Gita Gita and she was there they say that it is only in the depths of silence that the voice of God is heard This incident shows us the kind of depths of silence in which Gita was always residing in. For she could hear her Lord (laughs) from such a great distance also. I am reminded of that beautiful story they say 
a submerged temple of bells we heard that story uh, it is believed there was a legend that mm-hmm. there was a temple of bells mm-hmm. that there were about thousands of bells in the temple and they were ringing all the time and uh, which time this was submerged by the ocean okay and the legend was that even now if you go to that seashore and if you were to concentrate you can hear the bells ringing okay but only thing is you have to hear the bells ringing in spite of the waves lashing mm. so there was this man who would go every day and you know sit at the seashore trying to hear the bells ring but the sounds of the waves were so overwhelming that he could never hear after months of sitting at the seashore when you know he could hear beyond the waves Hmm. when the waves sounded like silence to him hmm one after the other he heard the bells ring hmm. and i think you know geeta's response to swami's call was like that that there was so much noise but since her focus was only on swami's voice that you know swami's presence was known to her you know in spite of all the commotion around all the noise around you know prem before we conclude this satsang i don't want to miss playing that beautiful song that was specially composed on sai geeta this happened after her samadhi and a video was made on sai geeta and this video was shown to swami also and swami watched it with rapt attention he neither smiled nor did he shed a tear he just watched it reminded me that this kind of focus only a devotee has for the lord and here was the lord reflecting the same focus onto a devotee who had him as her focus throughout her life and now we cannot play the video on air but if we can play that audio that song it's in telugu it has been composed in five six different ragas to match the theme it will be beautiful to hear that song even if we do not understand it for it sings out the different aspects of sai geeta's love for her mother sai and the song goes by saying that oh sai geeta you are the dear daughter of our lord sai and your glory shall remain as long as lord sai's glory remains dear listeners it's a very beautiful song and it's a very beautiful video too if you want to watch the video you can go to our website it's there it's a video which was viewed by swami it was made specially only for swami and we released it last year in fact the word geeta also means the song the song so sai geeta this is a geeta about geeta satya sai bhagavanu ne muttu bettavamma satya sai bhagavanu ne muttu bettavamma ee nirmal bhakti ki निर्मल भक्ति की साटिले दम्मा साईतम्मा सत्य साई भगवान मुझु बेटम्मा
അടവിലോ പുട്ടാവു അമ്മനു കോൽപോയാവു അടവിലോ പുട്ടാവു അമ്മനു കോൽപോയാവു അമ്മാമ്മാണ്ടുകെത്തി പിളിച്ചാവു ഗുണ്ടെ കരികി പട്ടിസായി ഒടുക്കി ചേർച്ചു കുന്നാടു ി പ്രേമ പഞ്ചാടു സത്യസായി ഭഗവാനുനി മുത്തു പിട്ടമ്മ കൃതയുഗാനഹരിഗാചിന ഗജരാജുവനി ശ്രീകാളഹസ്തിലോ ന ശിവുനി ഭക്തുരാലിവോ യേ പൂർവപുണ്യമോ സ്വാമി ധരിക്ക് ചേരാവു യേ ജന്മ ബന്ധമോ സ്വാമി സത്യസായി ഭഗവാനുനി മുത്തു പിട്ടമ്മ so beautiful prem and for sai geeta as we discussed everything about swami was lovable and so it is no wonder that swami's boys were loved a lot by her 
No, quite true. Because when the decision had to be taken where to house her, I think it was very clear for Swami that Swami wanted to keep her opposite the boys' hostel. As the you said, the only lady allowed <laughs> to be among the, the boys. <laughs> and because, as you said, it is for boys to see her. You know, Swami used to tell why Hanuman is kept on the hilltop. You know, when you are approaching Puttaparthi, the first thing you see is the Hanuman. Because where Swami is saying that that is the example of devotion I want my devotees to see. And similarly, Sai Gita was placed opposite the boys' hostel so that the boys see her and you know get inspired by her love. You know, two, if you see one Brahmachari and one Brahmacharini, <laughs> to show ideal celibacy. True, and also because you know she would always allow boys to play with her, come with her, and. I mean, so I think even you would have been a witness when she would come to the ground and play football with the boys. <laughs> I'd seen such things only in the circus, and there they the elephants would do that because they're poked and prodded. Here on her own, Sai Gita would come and play football. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and, you know, Swami would give instructions. It seems once hmm. she came to the stadium and Pedrady was carrying with him an old tire with him, uh, you know, and he would roll it around and she would come and play with it. And it seems Swami had instructed him that take a tire like this and you know play. So that there's some form of exercise for her apart from just walking around. And one one day it seems Pedrady came with a huge rope, mm. and he said Swami had instructed him to make her play tug of war with the boys. <laughs> oh, the boys would have loved that challenge. Yeah, maybe. And there were about 25 boys holding one end of the rope, and she was holding the other end of the rope. And as the boys described, she was pulling behind as though there was nobody on the other end of the rope. <laughs> <laughs> she was just strolling away, and the rest of the boys were being dragged by her. You know, I think every batch of students who passed out would have some memory like this. There was another boy, uh, a senior of mine, who was saying that he had gotten the habit of offering something to her every time. You know, he would see her. He would carry some biscuits or something in a pocket. So one day she, he happened to meet her in the stadium when he was he had gone to play there. The first thing she did was she came and reached out to his pocket. Uh-huh. And the moment she found there was nothing in the pocket, she just turned the head and walked off. <laughs> Really, so blessed indeed Sai Gita is, and yes, Prem, you should narrate even what you said about the stores. You yeah, know? really, you know, very beautiful, and I just uh, was reminded of that. I, I had heard that incident before, and reminded of that yesterday. It seems when Swami had uh, given permission for the first cooperative stores to come in the campus, this hmm. was when only the Satsai Arts and Science College in Brindavan was there. There was no university then. There was no campus in Puttaparthi. So when they started this cooperative stores, which would you know provide for the Hostel boys, they invited Swami to inaugurate it and be the first customer. They wanted Swami to make the first purchase. Hmm. And imagine, you know, Swami is taken to a shopping center and told Swami, "Whom would you like to make your first purchase for?" Mm-hmm. And Swami went and bought a bottle of castor oil. Swami hmm. said, "I'll take this for Sai Gita." Oh, <laughs> imagine Swami wanted to buy the first purchase Swami did, and Swami wanted to do it for Sai Gita. That was the place she had occupied in Swami's life, in Swami's heart. One day, on an occasion where Swami was going and all the boys crowded on the road because they wanted to watch Swami have darshan, and same Sai Gita too came on the road. You know, Sai Gita had one more, uh, if I can say, habit or one trait by which you could make out. Whenever Swami comes near her, she gets so excited that very often she would urinate. She would urinate or even drop dung at times. I have seen it with my own eyes. When she comes to mandir, they carry a bucket along with them. But you know, Sai Gita, when she used to drop dung in the mandir, she had this habit that with her back foot, she would push it behind a pot, as if you know, <laughs> trying to hide it and nobody should notice it. But she was in that way 
potty trained and <laughs> I don't think anybody has done that training for her. But well, on this occasion when she started urinating because Swami was coming close, that uh, urine was falling on the tarmac and it was splashing, splashing around. around. All the boys, you know, moved back a bit because you know that would be like a literal waterfall. <laughs> At that time, Swami said, "Why do you go away that way? If you drink a cup of that urine, maybe." you will get part of her devotion <laughs> that spoke of sai gita's love for swami in fact when shri sanjay sani sir currently the principal of the brindavan campus he was narrating this episode in trai brindavan swami was seated on the jhula and when he narrated this episode instantly swami looked at him and said aunu aunu means <laughs> yes he said that swami said that if you drink a glass of that urine you will get her devotion and so immediately swami said yes yes this brings me back to a a significant point prem mm-hmm. it doesn't bring me back actually it brings me to a new significant point which i have always pondered upon the scriptures say that the three greatest gifts that any soul can get is manushyatvam mumukshatvam and mahapurusha samshaya correct manushyatvam being a human birth mukshatvam being that intense desire for the ultimate redemption and mahapurushatvam shraya is the contact of a great godly yes, divine yes. person so sai gita you know while speaking to uh, hislap swami told about sai gita he said that for all this love and devotion that she has shown towards me she will be rewarded with a human birth next time because till now she has not had a human birth and just imagine prem if human birth is the reward of all that intense love and devotion for the lord how lucky we are all to start off with a human birth sai gita had intense mumukshatvam intense longing for the lord she did not want even what swami gave her because she wanted swami how many times we mistake swami for the gifts that swami gives us you know when swami gives us a ring or chain we are so happy maybe in that moment we forget swami and we are so concentrated on the ring or the chain that swami has given but sai gita was never like that that was her thirst for swami she had intense mumukshatvam and she had mahapurusha samshraya that is contact with the lord himself the lord himself and the reward for that is a human birth the culmination the end point of such a life is the starting point for our life we have got the human life and by his love and grace we have got even mahapurusha samshraya which is contact with god we have come to know of him and we are in touch with him i always tell myself is this not right and common sensical on my part to develop that mumukshatvam that longing for swami and swami alone and nothing else Sai Gita's life echoes this message loudly saying that only that life is worthwhile which is led for Lord and therefore do not seek anything else in life but the Lord you know even as you were telling this i'm reminded of a very very profound event which happened in Kodaikanal and uh, i think the strongest message is comes from Swami when Swami is apparently upset hmm. <laughs> Swami is apparently annoyed with something It was one such occasion Swami was sitting amidst boys and Swami was in a little uh, upset mood Swami was not talking so in uh, in an attempt to break this you know the coldness which was there in the air 
uh, one of the elders were there started saying that Swami how fortunate we are that we are having this chance to sit in your presence to mm-hmm. have your uh, proximity Swami didn't say anything Swami just kept quiet then uh, somebody took on from there they said Swami this must be the culmination of so many births of good fortune you know of good karma mm-hmm. that you've got here again Swami kept quiet then uh, the other person said no Swami we have not done anything to achieve this we have not done anything in this birth and I wonder if you have done anything in the past births also it's not just our past births but generations and of our ancestors who have done good fortune and you know as a result of that we are achieving here then again Swami kept quiet and now the people say felt that you know we are pushing, pushing too much maybe if Swami doesn't want to talk we shouldn't you know uh, kind of force him to after about a few minutes Swami said Let's see, you are portraying false humility. Mm. Swami said, you are saying that, no Swami, we have not done anything in this birth to achieve this. But you don't want to give up the credit. So he's saying that maybe in the past birth we would have done. Maybe our ancestors would have done. Which means it's false humility. You don't want to give up the credit. And Swami went on to say that none of you have done anything which makes you worthy of receiving this from me. He said, you have not done one fraction to receive what you are receiving from me, to get what you are receiving from me. Mm. It is your good fortune. Yes, of course, you have done good. It's a good fortune that your goodness has brought you in a time when the God is down on earth. But none of you have done anything to be worthy of this, what you are getting. He said, he said, you can just catch a bus, come and have Swami's Darshan. That is the fortune you are having right now. Don't think you have earned it. And then Swami went on to say, the sad thing is, none of you are making use of even one millionth of the opportunity I'm giving. That is what I'm sad about. Well, it's not nice to end on a sad note. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the happy note is that with God, it's never too late, Prem. We can start off right away. Never too late and we may give up, but God never gives up. God never gives up. (laughs) And that's our good fortune that we have a God who is never, never going to give up on us because he's not like us, definitely. (laughs) Exactly. Whether we may give up on Swami, Swami will never give up on us. We may not have faith in Swami. Swami has faith in us. One occasion, Swami was telling that, I give you directions. I tell you that don't go that way. There is a dead end. But you don't listen to me, you go there. But there is no dead end with God. I will take you to a different route. The route may become longer. But I will definitely take you to your destination. Dear listeners, I hope that all of you also have enjoyed Swami's love and Gita's love for Swami. If, if at all there is any difference between the two. They <laughs> are the same. so much more to say. I think we have shared only part of what we know and what we know is a very, very small part of what there is. Hmm. Well, dear listeners, many of you would have visited Prashant many times, would have seen Sai Gita many times. If at all you have any anecdotes or any experience to share regarding Swami and Sai Gita, of course you can share any of your experience with Swami with us. We would be very happy to read them. But in today's satsang, we have had about Sai Gita. So any experiences, anecdotes about Sai Gita that you wish to share, welcome. And we will be happy to read it. And we will respond and sometimes, some other time, you know, when we have another satsang on Sai Gita and her devotion because there is so much more to explore and so much more to get to know, we will definitely incorporate them. For now, we offer our most humble and loving salutations and gratitude at Bhagwan's lotus feet till we meet next time at the same time for the afternoon satsang. So, it is... 
me arvind from team radio sai and prem from team radio sai taking your leave and taking swami's permission to conclude this satsang thank you jai sai ram and happy listening sai ram you just heard an episode of our radio series afternoon satsang this is a live discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of radio sai's thursday live at 12:30 pm on january 24th 2013 you can mail us your comments and feedback to listener@radiosai.org sai ram